Welcome to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. Well, welcome and thank you for listening to the Activate podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom, ministry resource of Journey Church International here in Lee Summit. My name is Ryan. It's always my privilege to get to host uh, this podcast with Pastor Christian. Sunday was was a message for a new series titled um, Jesus and Lessons in Faith has been our series, and the uh, message was called Ministry and Messes. Um, welcome. Uh, many of you have been listening from around the U.S. and beyond. I'm always amazed at how we got people from all over the country, all over the world listening. We're glad you're here. If you want to check out the this week's pot, uh, sermon, you can do so on the JCI app, YouTube, or on the website. People tune in every single week to learn some really great practical truths to understand the Bible more. So we're glad you're uh, we're glad you're listening, Pastor Christian. Welcome. Uh, next week we we move into our new children's ministry space and utilize the new venue space. Can you talk about how this will enhance our ability to reach and disciple our people? Yeah. So Ryan, our our um, our congregation has been a house divided physically. For, you know, for almost four years now, we've just had more people than chairs in our building. So, um, you know, we did Sunday mornings and Sunday night. We've done Saturday night and Sunday mornings. We've done Sunday mornings here and at other locations. So it's been a long time since our church has been able to be together between 8 a.m. and noon on Sunday, which are the traditional hours that most families are able to make are able to are able to make it to church and have a little flex time before and after to spend time with people. So I you know I I don't know um I don't know how much better we will disciple people. I don't know how much better we will reach people. I believe we will do an incredible job of allowing our people to experience each other, allowing our people to experience community. Um, I, I think it will be a place that people will want to not only come to, but linger in. And for our new elementary space, just having more enclosed rooms. Um, we've had lots of kids that are in large environments. And, you know, if you can picture, you know, four different circles of 10 kids sitting on a floor in a big room with no walls in between them, we're going from that to every grade having their own kind of walled classroom. So I think in the children's ministry, the discipleship, Bible teaching time, spiritual training in in the children's ministry will be phenomenal. And I think for the adults, the community aspect of it will be great. And for our volunteers and our staff to get to be together, um, in its essence, um, a a congregation is a community. A strong community is a spiritual family. Um, and for spiritual family to feel like spiritual family, you like to be together. And this is going to give us um, a chance to be together more than we were in the past. And as a precursor to our new auditorium and atrium opening, that's really going to allow all our people to be together at the same time, which we're super excited about. Yeah, I'm looking forward to, to more life on lifetime, like you talked about, and, and certainly for ministry that's going to happen during the week, a lot more space for care groups, men's and women's Bible studies. All that, that's my hope is that we'll see a lot. Yeah, uh, the way the the way that the way that space will be used Monday through Saturday will be more impactful than it is used on Sunday because of our care groups on Monday night, because of our men's and women's discipleship groups on Tuesday night, because of our college ministry that meets on Thursday night, because of our student ministry now having their own kind of space on a Wednesday night. So yeah, um, I, I wasn't thinking in context 
context of midweek, midweek, it's going to be huge in allowing us to really kind of dig in and disciple our people outside of the Sunday morning ministry experience. Yeah. Uh, this text that we look at in Matthew chapter 8 uh, focuses on Jesus and his interaction with two demon-possessed men in the region of the Gadarenes. Uh, demon possession is not something that's talked about much, but was certainly something that Jesus and the disciples faced. Can you can you help our audience understand this phenomena and why they should be educated about it? No. <laughs> I mean, when I saw this question, I thought, "Are you kidding me? Can I? You, you, you can like I, this one? Can I?" Explain the phenomenon of demon possession and educate people about it. Not really. Not lay, really lay it out there for us. Not really, but I will try. Yeah, give yeah. a shot. So <laughs> Ephesians chapter six says that our struggle in life, our struggles in life, are not with flesh and blood, which means ultimately they're not with people, but they are with the dark forces of the demonic world that live and exist. In 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 the Middle East, especially 2,000 years ago, um, a lot of the evil and acts of evil and oppression were, were called out as just being sheer evil and people under the influence of the evil one more than they more than they are today. Not only today are they not acknowledged as evil, sometimes they're excused, but these these aspects of not only demon possession, but exorcism, which was a big part of both Jesus' ministry and the Apostle Paul's ministry, um, we, we see much more frequent um, kind of sp- um, spiritual release from, de- from demonic possession in the New Testament. Today, I think there are three levels of demonic activity operating in our world. Um, there's demonic oppression which Ryan, all, all of us live under. We live in a broken world filled with broken people. But if Ephesians 6 is right, the darkness of our world is not really the people or the systems or the cultures. The darkness of the world is, is the evil that's behind it. So in a sense, all of us live under the oppression of demonic influences. And while it would be a theological stretch to say that so many of the mass shootings or mass acts of murder, um, which so many are attributed to mental health and are, um, and are mental health issues. You have to look around the globe at the amount of mass large scale evil going on and say that Satan and his demonic army is still alive in people and systems of oppression. So I think everyone would say that they've experienced demonic oppression from the spiritual warfare of depression, discouragement, feeling down, feeling heavy when you don't even know why, because spiritual warfare is pressing upon your soul. And we talk in this message about how we're going to expose spiritual warfare in 21 days of prayer that's coming up in September. But I think demonic oppression is an area of demonic activity in our world today. Demonic obsession is an area of our world today that I think parents with teenagers specifically need to be very, very aware of. This would be the Ouija board culture. This would be the conjuring movies. This would be the exorcist. This would be this fascination with demonic dark things. 
and treating them as if they're Ken and Bar- Barbie, you know, Ken and Barbie or, uh, you know, or Barney the dinosaur or Tom and Jerry. Like these are not cartoon characters. This is not made up stuff. Evil is real. Demons are real. Demonic power is real. Demonic strongholds are real. So I think when, when you look at the demonic obsession of a young generation of youth, you see how Satan is beginning to work his way with his demonic influence into the world again. And those two things, demonic oppression, demonic obsession, still do lead to demonic possession. And there are still people globally who are experiencing demonic possession. It's rare that it's a headline-making activity, and usually it's sensationalized. They focus more on the exorcist and exorcisms than than demonic uh, possession. Um, but I, but I believe just like the Holy Spirit indwells believers that Satan is still at work in the world today. I don't think you have to look very hard to see his fingerprints on the world. And demonic possession is still a very real thing in, in parts, um, in, in parts of the world that are sometimes very public and very private. Um, so is it easy to explain? No. Is it fun to explain? No. But should we have some kind of education? about spiritual warfare um, and the demonic influence of spiritual warfare in our world. Yeah, we should. And I think it's good to be able to express the categories of demonic oppression. I just feel oppressed spiritually, demonic obsession. You got to get to stay away from that at all cost um, in, in, in playing around with satanic demonic things and, and then demonic possession, um, you know, which is still happening, but, but we believe the spirit of God, can still today deliver people from demonic possession, just like he did in the New Testament, like we see often in his ministry. I think Appreciate that, the question. I think that question went pretty well, Alex. <laughs> I'm thinking, that was a genius question. <laughs> who thought of that one? Because <laughs> that's exactly, I knew there was a whole lot of people who never heard that, don't know yeah. that, and need to understand that. Yeah. So yeah. I couldn't have scripted it any better. <laughs> you talk about four major barriers that uh, – that Jesus overcame in this yeah. section of Scripture, um, the four, the cities of the Decapolis, demon-possessed men, a place of death, and disgusting animals. Those four barriers. Discuss why you think Jesus took the disciples to this region with all these difficult barriers stacked against their trip. So, Ryan, um, you did a phenomenal job preaching on, on the tests of faith um, last week. And Marcellus did an incredible job the week before. And Marcellus talked about um, how Jesus not only left home, but he suffered. So that we would realize as a Christian people that our home is with Jesus, and when we suffer, he can help us. The answer to this question, uh, why did Jesus take take the disciples to this region? Why did Jesus cross these four barriers with them? The answer to that question is, Jesus crossed these four barriers to us. When you look at the cities of the Decapolis, that was a culture that was broken. When you look at the demon-possessed man, those were people who were broken. When you look at a place of death, the tombs, that was a place where hope had been broken. And when you look at the disgusting animals, this was a spiritual system of clean and unclean where, where, where people just, they felt like their past was broken and they were unclean. And Jesus, when Philippians 2 says Jesus didn't consider equality with God something to be held on to. So he released that so he could come be a servant, even being a servant upon a cross. Jesus did those things because 
in order to connect with humanity, he had to step into broken cultures, broken people, broken hope, broken pasts, so that he could make people become brand new. And I think Jesus physically modeled for the disciples what he had already done spiritually. I saw the culture was broken, but I stepped into it. I saw that you were broken, but I stepped into relationship. I saw that hope was broken, but I stepped in to give you a hope and a future. I saw that your past was broken, but I came to forgive it and to heal it and to give you a future. This, this, this narrative in scripture is not just a geographic cultural experience, which it is that we learn so much about geography and, and culture and which side of the Jordan River we're on and what's Jewish and what's Roman. It is a picture of Jesus stepping out of heaven and coming to a world that is hopelessly. It's a culture that's broken, filled with people who are broken, filled with hope that has been shattered, filled with pasts that have been that have been destroyed. And Jesus shows up. And he makes it right. And I think by taking his disciples through these experiences, he's allowing them to experience the physical realities of their spiritual mission, which is step into brokenness and make a difference. Step into brokenness and make a difference. That's what Jesus did for me. That's what Jesus did for you. That's what Jesus has done for the people of our church. And it's what Jesus has commanded our church to do for our community. Step into brokenness and make a difference. This is a picture of that. Yeah, it's a it's a great picture of how he's reached Reach people who most people would have avoided, and here's another another great instance of that. The, the life track in our discipleship tracks, where we teach people to apply to their lives what they what they've learned from Scripture. Jesus was in a spiritual battle when he crossed into this territory, and no doubt, when a church or when a person crosses into an opportunity for greater ministry, this can bring mess into ministry. And you make you make a statement: it is the job of spirit a spirit filled Christians to keep pointing to the spiritual work of the Christ, and you follow up with a really great lesson of faith. People will hear what you say, and you will say what you see. Train your eyes to see the ministry more than the mess. <laughs> this is so good. And so my question for you is, why is this critical in the life of a Christian and the people of Jesus Church? So sometimes I see things that I wrote or said, and I didn't realize I said them until you put it in front of me. People will hear what you say. You're going to say what you see, so you better make sure your eyes see the ministry more than the mess. That's good. Like, if Brandon Reed were here, he would say, yeah, he'd say he that, would that's say good. that's good. Sorry, I don't do um, that enough. Yeah. <laughs> Why is it critical to train our eyes? Because Satan, he wants, he wants to distract us. He's come to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus also said he's the father of lies. And I believe one of his greatest lies is, is to make us believe that the mess is more impactful than the ministry. So the headline of the story, um, the headline of the story is backwards. Right? So Jesus shows up in this town. We're doing two weeks on this message because Matthew gives us a glimpse of it in Matthew chapter eight, but then Mark repeats the story in Mark five and Luke repeats it in Luke eight. And they add so much more rich detail that I'm actually preaching this event in Matthew 8 this Sunday and this same event in Mark 5 and Luke 8 next week because it's going to take two weeks to talk through it. But the event is Jesus shows up in this town where between the Sea of Galilee and the town, there was a cemetery that's still there along the main roads on kind of the the eastern side of the town between the, the town 
in the water. And the people who had to get to work had to go from the town to the water. And the people bringing the fish into town or any kind of exports into town had to go from the water to the town. So literally, this town had been shut off from life by these men who were roaming around these tombs, demon-possessed, out of their minds. We'll talk next week when Jesus said, what's your name? The answer was Legion. A Legion was 6,000 Roman soldiers. There, there, there were a lot of demons and demonic activity going on in these men. They had ruined the region. No, they tried to chain them to the stone walls. The tombs were built into the side, the, the limestone of the mountain, so they wouldn't have been buried. They would have been, like you and I have experienced in Israel, they would have been put into the side of a hill and then the stone would have been rolled across it. So they've been chained to the side of a mountain and they've broken out of that and they terrorize the community and Jesus fixes it. He, I mean, he, fix, he fixes it. He opens up the trade route again from the water to the town and the town to the water like, the kids could could go play in the lake again and and get home. Say like he fixed the problem, but when he fixed the problem, the demons asked Jesus if they could go into a herd of pigs, and he's like, I don't, I don't care, sure. So he cast him into this herd of pigs. They run down in the water and they all drown. And two thousand pigs die, which um which would would have been a pretty pricey thing to happen. And it says the people went into town. So Jesus heals this man by casting these demons into this herd of pigs. And it said the people who were guarding the pigs went into town and they told everyone what had happened, including what had happened to the man. Which meant the headline of the story that they told was the pigs are dead. Yeah. Pigs are dead. Oh, and I like to get the guys. The guys are okay too. And that is what Satan wants to do to ministry headlines. He wants to take a church like ours that is making a difference in the world with what God has called us to do. And he wants to turn ministry headlines into footnotes. And he wants to turn the messes that come with that ministry. Because you got to remember, the ministry is happening in the context of a broken culture filled with broken people who have broken hope, who have broken past. We all bring such unique things into every scenario. The ministry headlines are happening in that context. And sometimes we just can't get past, we just can't get past the mess of ministry. So, you know, with this unbelievable youth camp, but some kids get sick. A couple kids get sick. Thank God everyone has recovered and been okay. Um, headlines become footnotes, messes become headlines and, and on and on and on. Our church is growing, but I've got to watch on a video. Headlines become footnotes, messes become headlines. Um, so excited for the church to be built, but my car gets dirty every time I drive in the parking lot. Headlines become footnotes, messes become headlines and Ryan on and on and on. And, And we talk, you say, how do you, how do you train your eyes to see the ministry rather than focusing on the mess? Prayer and an understanding of spiritual warfare, which is why during 21 days of prayer, we will focus on spiritual warfare because a lot of people don't even realize the demonic oppression that just whispers in their ear, like on this, on this loop that you leave, you leave church and you're like, man, all the pigs died. Oh, and like this huge problem was fixed, but the pigs died. And it's like, you, uh, you've made the headline a footnote. You've made the mess a headline. It's time for spirit filled Christians to do better. 
and to lead other people to do better. Because I'll say again what, what you quoted. People are going to hear what you say and you're going to say what you see. One of the reasons a lot of people who don't go to church in our community aren't coming to church is because they hear the way Christians talk about their churches. And it doesn't appear like there's anything good to see. A lot of messes. And you know what? There are a lot of messes. Because the church is in a broken culture filled with broken people who've, who's have, who've had their hope broken, who've had their past shattered. That's who we are. That's what we're filled with. A lot of messes. But man, we got to start talking about the ministry headlines. We got, we got to make the ministry the headline, not the footnote. And we got to process the mess and understand it and fix I mean, even fix it if we can. Buy some new pigs. Uh, yeah, like, okay, whatever. Um, but the ministries, the ministries got to be the headline and spirit filled people. Um, we got to, we got to help the church to see that because if they don't see it, they won't say it. If they don't say it, people won't hear it. And right now, what most people hear about church that don't go to church is the mess. Great point. There's a whole lot that Paul, Peter, and others wrote about unity and working through challenges and problems. And we talk about as a staff how to handle things face to face and love people. And and uh, families are messy. Yep. Uh, of the so you really highlight some great ministry that's happening at our church through the lens of our core beliefs. And so of the movement uh, of the movement in these areas and the, these core beliefs this summer what what has had the most impact on your heart this summer um so our church plant in Johns Creek um Georgia which is kind of the the Atlanta suburbs of Georgia that Chris Renfro somebody we've supported and poured into and walk with i mean you and i since he was in middle school as youth ministry leaders of his anytime anytime a new church starts you know that you are going to have um at the very least years, at the very most decades of uh, faithful gospel ministry done. And then not just our trip to Guatemala. So, so in that area of multiplication, really excited, but not only our trip to Guatemala, but we're getting ready to send off our first two missionaries, two of our young girls on our team who are leaving our staff to go be missionaries in Panama. Um, the, the ministry legacy and long-term legacy of those movements Right. I mean, our community outreach was incredible. Nearly two full time employees in our community, you know, like 84, 40 hour weeks that were served, which is incredible. Sharing Jesus in the baptisms, those individual spiritual moments, our discipleship tracks rolled out. Those are also, but the movements, the movements of a, the movements of a church and a missionary, the movement that is started when you start a new church or you become a missionary, um, only heaven knows the impact that those will have. So those are, those are the things that have captured my heart and my imagination and, and that really get me fired up. I think they're the, they're the things that warm your heart and keep you thankful for all that God's doing. Thank you for using us, our great people at the church. It's exciting to see. Uh, last question, the, the fourth track of our discipleship track uh, is the leadership track, right? We've been talking each week about how we – we want to help people multiply. We want to help people take what they've learned and share it with someone else. So what what from this message would would you want our audience to share with someone else? You got to see what Jesus is doing. You got to see what Jesus is doing. So we'll talk about it next week in Luke 8 and in Mark 5. It says when the people of the town came out to Jesus and they saw what had happened to the pigs and they saw the demon-possessed men sitting at the feet of Jesus clothed 
and in their right minds, because they were not only crazy, they were naked all the time. They ask him to leave. And listen, anytime you show up and look closely enough at ministry, you're going to see the ministry and you're going to see the mess. We got to train our hearts and our eyes to see the ministry in the midst of the mess. If we're discipling people, we got to say, okay, yeah, the mess is easy to see. What's the picture within the mess? You know, those pictures that like you can look at and if you stare long enough, like some, like they, you can see something deeper into the picture. Spirit filled people are able to look at the mess and see the deeper picture of what God is doing. And as we disciple people, we've got to acknowledge the mess. We've got to show tremendous grace to it. And we got to help them see the demon possessed man sitting clothed in their right mind at the feet of Jesus and say, well, I wish that wouldn't happen. Um, but I'm really glad that's happening. And that's what I'm going to focus on. I'm going to focus on what Jesus is doing. Yeah. Which is why I love our baptisms and the testimonies and, the life change and man we've had a whole lot of them and i love it right we celebrate all these great people who've been changed by jesus through the mechanism of our church i love it yep pastor christian thanks for joining us on the podcast thank you for listening today from wherever you're at if you're a new listener welcome we we're really glad you uh you found us hopefully a friend or family member uh, encourage you to listen we hope you'll do the same if you would rate us that would really help us as we continue to try to get the word out there If you're in town, come see us in person. Uh, If you're listening from outside the Kansas City uh, area, we know you can uh, tune in online or you can download our app, watch it live on a Sunday. Love to hear how God's working in your life. We really would. If uh, you'd like to email us, you can email us at activate at takethejourney.cc. If you've got a question for us, maybe you've got a better one than I can come up with. We'd love to hear it. Uh, We look forward to uh, catching you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Activate. We would love for you to join us in person for one of our weekly worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. Help us get the word out about this resource. You can do so by subscribing, reviewing, and sharing this episode on your favorite social media platform. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.